Hi, critical thinkers. Today, the episode might bug you out a little bit, pun intended. We're talking about bugs and why there seems to be a push for bugs, where it's coming from, what are the health implications of eating bugs, and whether or not we should be having tarantula taco night anytime soon. All that coming up and more today on the Healthy and Awake podcast. Let's get into it. So this is timely because I do have a new sponsor and I'm not used to reading word for word off of a script, but here we go. Tired of traditional protein sources harming the environment? Craving guilt-free nutrition? Roach milk is a dairy-free milk alternative made from carefully selected, sustainably sourced cockroaches from East Palestine, Ohio. Now with 10% less dirty socks flavor, our experts extract nutritious crystals using a sophisticated milking process enjoy this smooth creamy protein packed eco-friendly milk in coffee cereal or straight from the glass coming soon roach milk yogurt join the sustainable eating movement with roach milk and save the planet up uh, with one sip at a time check the show notes for a 20 percent subscription discount that's a joke that is not a sponsor that's not even real um but there is a silly <laughs> push for eating bugs um i hope i didn't scare anyone uh scare away anyone by reading that some people maybe tune out right away nope not doing it i'm not gonna listen to a show of a guy promoting eating bugs uh but to be clear it is a joke and why am i even talking about this i know it's a little controversial perhaps uh but there is a push to include bugs in the diet. And I do say push because there's no clamoring for bugs in the diet. There's nobody like, hey, come on, please, please give us bugs in our food. I want crickets so bad, please. No, that's not what's happening, but there is a push for it. It's coming from all sorts of places. And let's see what that's like. We've been educating thousands of people all over the world about edible insects, specifically crickets. We call them the gateway bug because they're not very uh, frightening, let's say, right? No one really jumps around, oh no, it's a cricket. Usually they think a Jiminy Cricket. It's, it's really pretty easy to, to understand. So we start them out with that. What we found is if you give someone a whole cricket, they probably won't eat it. If you give them the powder, which ground up crickets, they don't really know what to do with it. With a delicious chocolate chip cookie, suddenly it all makes sense. You have to relate to people and chocolate chip cookies always relate to people. So we need to figure out why is this such an issue in people's minds? Why is this a taboo? Well, as children, we're taught that it's gross, it's disgusting, stay away from the bugs, they're gonna hurt you, they're poisonous. And in most cases, that is absolutely wrong. And to prove this point, 80%. That is the amount of people around the world that are eating insects as a daily part of their diet. I don't even know where to start with this one. He asks, why is this taboo? Why, is, why don't people want to eat bugs? 
I mean, it's such a stupid question. Um, to even, I mean, in my opinion, right? And I'm not trying to be mean. I've been working on my harshness. I know sometimes I can come across as harsh, and I've been working on it. But is it not a stupid question to go, well, I don't understand why people don't want to eat bugs. Nobody likes bugs. This isn't a, a programmed thing that people are just conditioned to not like bugs. They're creepy. We call them creepy crawlies. We have an intrinsic response to many bugs, spiders, even snakes. We have an intrinsic negative reaction to many bugs. So, I mean, from that perspective, it does seem a little idiotic to say, why is this taboo? And even further, another reason it's it's kind of idiotic uh, is because, well, I mean, where is this question even coming from in the first place? Like I said just a minute ago, there's no clamoring for bugs. People aren't, oh, please give us bugs. So this guy, it's very clear he's, you know, trying to market bugs. He's even asking questions. Well, you know, if we give them a cricket, they don't want to eat a cricket. But if we put in a cookie, all of a sudden we can manipulate people into eating something that they didn't want to eat in the first place. Like I, I get kind of pissed off when like that's a little manipulative. And especially when you consider some of the questionable practices that they're using to slip bugs into our diets. And I really got a laugh at his last point there. 80% of people are already eating bugs. Yeah, they're poor people. And I have nothing against poor people, but you're trying to market a diet that is eaten by people who can't afford to eat anything other than bugs. In most cases, not in all cases. I know personally some people who enjoy eating bugs for some reason. Uh, but it, it's, this is the problem with people who don't understand critical thinking or statistics or numbers and, and who don't have skepticism. And I, I understand that I'm coming from a very opinionated, like it, it should be clear at this point, I'm not for eating bugs, but I don't want to tell you what to do. The purpose of this podcast episode is for you to determine for yourself if eating bugs is right for you. But be wary of people on stage with microphones, I have a microphone now, but be wary of anyone, including me, uh, with their possible agendas, because all the questions this guy is asking, and I have more clips ahead, it's worthy of skepticism. Like, why are, these are such odd questions. Why is it so taboo to eat bugs when 80% of the people who can't afford to eat anything else eat bugs already? They're not complaining. Come on, get with it, Americans. And it's really not just Americans. We have a whole bunch. Let me tell you some of what's ahead. Um, so I do want to talk about the specific nutritional value of certain bugs. Um, I want to talk about some of the concerns and risks, perhaps, of eating bugs. Where bugs might already be hiding in your diet. What are some of the marketing tactics used or the propaganda tactics used to influence your opinion on eating bugs? Where is the financial push? Where is this really coming from? Who is the one trying to get us to eat bugs? And finally, we'll cover, uh, I saved the best for last. At least this is my favorite thing to talk about. I used artificial intelligence to construct a propaganda campaign to promote eating bugs. And so that's for the end. Let's see how that turns out. And in the meantime, in the middle here, I have a whole bunch of clips. I have about five more clips before we get to the end. 
So I've already showed you the first clip there. Uh, that's from a TED Talk. And this guy, his whole TED Talk is about trying to get us to eat bugs. And I think this is the power of marketing and propaganda. If you present something like eating bugs in a proper setting, people can become receptive to it. So timing is, timing and setting is important to influence people's minds. For instance, if I were in a Mexican restaurant, everyone there is expecting to eat tacos with chicken and beef. And I go, hey, I know you're hungry. You have an appetite. You have certain cravings. How about I hold a cricket in front of your face and see if you want to eat that? Very likely that's not going to work, at least in the States. Um, so people who, for whatever reason, want people to eat bugs, they understand the care that must go into constructing the message appropriately and dispersing it in the correct places, like talking to academics at TED Talk. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's all kinds of topics covered at TED Talk. But from, for, I think, like a marketer, I have to market my own business. And so I just think it's interesting. And so what are some of the other ways that people can be influenced to possibly eat bugs? And keep in mind, I haven't even gotten into some of the problems of eating bugs yet, but we will get into that. Um, but what are some of the other ways that people can be influenced to eat bugs? Well, celebrity marketing, uh, influencer marketing. Let's show that. You see the hard part where you have the teeth? Oh, wow. Uh, okay, so I pulled the clip back. For anyone who's listening, I forgot to mention, uh, this is Angelina Jolie in uh, what looks like some sort of uh, village type area uh, with some people there, many of them kids. And she's talking about preparing and eating bugs. You see the hard part where you have the teeth? Oh, wow. Take the fangs out. Yeah. Have you done this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's always been a part of the diet, yeah. the bugs. Now, but then I think there is a truth to the survival during the war. Yes. Of course, people... Yeah. When people were being starved, they were able to survive on, survive on things like this, and they did. When was the first time you had these bugs? I first had them when I was first in country. Crickets. You start with crickets. Yeah. Crickets in a beer. <laughs> and then you kind of, you know, move up to tarantulas. <laughs> Go ahead. How do you flip a <laughs> scorpion? Good? Like good, guys? Dinner. You want to go? You want to share a spider? Hot? It's actually really good, the flavor. Okay. I can see why you're into this. It's hard to chew. Yeah. Scorpion. Like chips. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah, chips like and some chips. Yeah. <laughs> Many surprises. Oh okay, so some of what she said is perfectly in line with my critique of the first, the previous clip that I showed. Uh, you know, why are we eating bugs? Well, it's this started with survival during the war when people were being starved. They had to eat bugs because there was nothing left and they were starving. Wow, what a great sales pitch. You, I'm sold. Give me those tarantulas and the crickets and the scorpions. So not a great sales pitch. And even, yeah, I'm looking down on the floor, there's a, an ant right by my foot. Perfectly timely on this episode of Bugs. But 
moving up to tarantulas. Oh, I started with crickets and I had to move up to tarantulas. That's not exactly a way you would describe appetizing food, right? So like everything in her language and even the previous video, you can tell it's innate. Nobody wants to eat bugs. You can hear it in their language. Oh, I had to work up to like, <laughs> what normal situation with regular food would that be like, oh, I had to start with meatballs and then I worked my way up to hamburgers. It was brutal. No, come on. That's not how this works. And if, I, I wish um, you, if you're listening to this, you could see some of the faces of the kids, like watching the bugs being prepared. Doesn't look appetizing. Even the lady who ate whatever it was, a tarantula, and she's like, oh, wow, I can, I can see why you're into this. If you could see her face, you can tell <laughs> perhaps she's not being truthful. And um, I don't know. Chewy scorpion chips. Like, these are not the way that you describe appetizing foods so it just seems a little contrived a little forced to me that's just my opinion uh it feels like propaganda it really does uh at the very least marketing which you know pretty much the same thing but no one as far as i can tell finds bugs inherently appealing and if you do please let me know in the comments i'd love to hear which bugs you find appetizing and uh a recipe give me a recipe perhaps i can share with my clients some scorpion chips so i don't know it just feels like we're being programmed against our intrinsic motivations or intrinsic responses so if we're naturally averse to spiders if we see spiders and it really creeps us out you know, like kids, kids aren't trained to, to not like spiders, but very often if a kid sees a spider, they'll be freaked out. That's a natural response. We have several of those natural responses, like the withdrawal reflex. So if we put our hand on a hot stove, we don't have to learn to take our hand off. We have a natural response. We take our hand off. That is the innate withdrawal response. Similarly, we have a, uh, a fear response to certain creatures like spiders and snakes. And so, I think it's worth asking as a skeptic, as somebody who's healthy and awake, why are we being conditioned to go against our innate responses? It's a legit question that I don't know the answer to. And I think there could be a lot of different answers. Who's pushing this? Why are they pushing it? And, and like, I guess answers within those further questions. So... It's the poor people eating bugs. I mean, she has to go to a village to to show this and and 80% of the people are eating bugs. Yeah, that look look closer at those numbers. It's the poor people. So, if they had a choice between a let's say burger or a salad or a chicken breast uh, and some tarantulas, crickets, worms, scorpions, what do you think they would choose? I don't know. Maybe they would go with what's familiar. Many, some, I don't know. Or maybe they would go for something that smells and tastes better that you don't have to go like, hey, we, we used to eat this when we had to survive because we were being starved. Okay. So in this next section here of the episode, I do want to talk about the specific nutrient facts and health benefits. Uh, but let's hear what our TED Talk friend has to say. Again, pound for pound, twice as much protein, twice as much iron, 43 times as much omega-3 fatty acid content. 
That means we can feed more people, destroy fewer forests, have more room for homes and parks, help solve anemia, which is the number one health concern around the world, and promote good heart and brain health. So I can understand, actually, how this argument might be appealing to some who don't explore it any further. If you take this at face value and go, hey, it's a great source of protein, it's a great source of omegas, it's going to have these environmental benefits, it's going to help solve anemia, great, sounds awesome. But that's only if you take it at face value. We know that there are plenty of other sources of protein and omegas, some without as much risk as eating bugs might come with, and I am going to talk about that ahead. So there are plenty of other sources. Why are we pushing bugs? What anemic person are you going to convince to eat cockroaches and crickets? So I don't know. I, I question his premise. I, I question like that, that this will somehow solve all of these problems uh, that may or may not exist. I don't know. I'm a health guy. I have no idea about the environmental impact of some of the other foods that he's talking about and whether or not it's shifting our <laughs> food supply to mostly bugged base. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm skeptical of that, but I do try to be as non-biased as possible. So I do want to explore, uh, specifically what are some of the nutritional components of crickets and tarantulas in particular. Uh, so this is a sort of thing I have to read. Um, but I did my research in case you're wondering, uh, I used Perplexity AI to do the research on this, which is a cool, it's like the new Google, it's like the new chat GPT, where uh, it it uses artificial intelligence to search the internet in real time and it aggregates sources. So you know that you're getting valid information and that, you know, it, it provides the link, which allows me to actually verify the information that's presented to me. So with that in mind, what are some of the nutritional facts about crickets? Well, okay, we have protein, fats, vitamins, minerals, and another one here called chitin. Protein. Crickets are an excellent source of protein with their dry weight consisting of about 70% protein. Their protein is complete, containing all essential amino acids required for human nutrition. That's actually pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, but like, uh, question how much crickets you would need to eat. Like if, if I were making a smoothie or a protein shake, knowing that it's all essential amino acids, I can actually see the appeal there. Um, of course, the cost, the flavor would matter and the actual health effects. Because one, this, this is something I wanted to bring up and, and especially as we are skeptical of what people say, like this TED Talk guy. It is a marketing tactic to isolate something like protein and market it accordingly. Uh, a lot of supplement companies do this. A lot of food companies do this. We're right on the packaging or right in their messaging. They'll emphasize protein because they know a lot of weightlifters, a lot of health people, they focus on protein because it helps maintain or build muscle. Protein is not inherently healthy. Protein is just like a, a required macronutrient. So to say that crickets are healthy because they're high in protein is nonsensical. I mean, I'm sure I, I could find like, you know, cadavers, dead human beings are high in protein. Eat dead humans because you can get protein. Like, you understand, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's a poor argument. 
So what else? We covered protein in crickets. Fats. Crickets contain healthy fats, including essential fatty acids such as omega-3 and omega-6. Fat content usually ranges from 10 to 20% of their dry weight. So it's basically the rest. It's like 60 to 70% protein and almost the rest of it of their dry weight is fats. And again, I see the appeal. Omega-3s and omega-6s are good for the brain. They're good for health. They're good for lowering inflammation. But it's not always that simple. So you need to know the ratio between the omega-3s and the omega-6s. And are they even bioavailable in the first place? Which I don't know. Are you even going to be absorbing them? How much do you, how many crickets do you need to eat in order for you to get some, uh, you know, reasonable amount of those omegas that would even have an impact? Okay. Vitamins. Crickets are a source of essential vitamins such as B vitamins which support the nervous system metabolism and cell growth. They also contain small amounts of vitamins E and A. Minerals, which are different from vitamins, of course. Crickets provide essential minerals like iron, zinc, potassium, calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium. These minerals support various bodily functions, including oxygen transport, immune function, muscle function, and bone health. So far, so good. Honestly, crickets don't sound that bad if they tasted good, which I don't know. You know, the only way I can, and actually the guy in the TED talk said, oh, we, people don't know what to do with it if it's in powder form. For me, that's the only way I would ever consider using it is if it were actually you know, putting it in a smoothie where I can just sort of cover up the taste with someone, something else. Um, not that I'm ever going to do that, but I'm just trying to be reasonable here, non, non-biased, okay? So here's where the concern comes in. If, if so far you're like, well, you know what? Crickets don't sound that bad. Uh, chitin is a component of the exoskeleton. So crickets, like other insects, have an exoskeleton made of chitin. I I hope I'm saying that right. While chitin is not a nutrient itself, it can act as uh, dietary fiber, possibly providing some benefits for gut health. However, it can also be difficult for humans to digest. So that's like really a, a messy paragraph there because it does sound like this ingredient can act like a dietary fiber providing some benefits for gut health but really when you look at this a little deeper you realize not for humans humans can't digest it so what are you talking about health benefits uh you know i was going to read the uh the one on tarantulas but honestly i I don't want to be redundant it's the same thing uh, it's essentially with slight variation, there's 50% protein, uh, 15 to 25% fats. It's basically the same idea, but, but also similar to crickets, they have this chitin, an exoskeleton made of chitin. So what's the problem with chitin? Okay, so let's go into this a little bit deeper. This is really the biggest issue with bugs when it comes to health. Chitin is a structural polysaccharide, so like a type of sugar, found in the exoskeleton of insects and other arthropods. Here are some of the reasons why chitin and other factors might be considered unfavorable for human consumption. Digestion. Humans lack the enzyme chitinase, which is necessary for breaking down chitin. I'm going to say that again. When you think about eating bugs, one factor, important factor to consider is that humans lack the enzyme 
chitinase, which is necessary for breaking down chitin. I have more here, but honestly, do you even need more? That, that is it right there. You cannot break this down. Why would I eat something I can't break down? Humans are not, to me, that's perfect evidence that humans are not supposed to eat bugs. But what's going to happen, my guess, is that they'll go, oh, we're going to add chitinase. Now we have enzymes added to help with your digestion. We've removed the chitinase. Look, there's so much money in this that they're going to do whatever they can to keep it moving so that they can give you bugs in your food. And again, that's my opinion. Okay, so as a result of the lack of this enzyme, chitin can be difficult for us to digest, potentially leading to gastrointestinal discomfort, bloating, or other digestive issues, possibly like leaky gut, gut hyperpermeability. Moreover, the presence of chitin may also reduce the bioavailability of nutrients in insects as it can interfere with the absorption of proteins, fats, and other nutrients. So just like I said, bioavailability. You might be eating all this wonderful protein and omega-3 fats and all these different things only to find out that you're wasting your time because you're not even absorbing it thanks to the chitin. So this is a serious issue. And I know there's a lot of great people out there who want to save the world, save the environment, save all the cute animals, and they want to eat bugs. Even if that means they have to go against what they feel intrinsically, I want to do the right thing. I'm going to make those sacrifices and I'm going to eat bugs. Well, you might be doing it at the, you might be sacrificing your health in doing that. So I'm not telling you what to do, but ask yourself, is eating bugs for some good cause worth sacrificing your human health all while funding large corporations who want to feed you bugs without any consideration to your health? I think that's worth asking. Okay, so chitin is no good. That causes some problems. What else? Some people may experience allergic reactions to insects, with chitin being one of the potential allergens. Insect allergies can manifest as skin rashes, respiratory issues, or GI discomfort. Cross-reactivity between chitin and other allergens, such as crustaceans, is also possible. That's not good. What else? Pathogens and parasites. Insects can harbor pathogens and parasites that might be harmful to humans if not properly cooked or processed. Consuming insects from unregulated sources without appropriate preparation increases the risk of foodborne illnesses. Now, <laughs> how do I say this without freaking too many people out? Uh, there are some pretty horrifying videos on YouTube of bugs like crickets, roaches, etc. that are affected by parasites. And I'm not even going to describe what those videos show in detail because it will give you nightmares and it will make you never, ever consider eating a bug knowing how some of these bugs can be affected. And we also know that even the regular food that ends up on our grocery store shelves, they allow in some instances the presence of like rat turds and bugs and things like that just because they can only contain so much in a, a food processing warehouse. Um, now, I mean, we've we're moving past that point where it's just like, let's just let all the bugs into this food processing warehouse. Okay. So chitin, allergies, pathogens, parasites, and now heavy metals and pesticides. Insects can accumulate heavy metals and pesticide 
residues from their environment, which might pose health risks when consumed in large quantities. While farming practices can help mitigate these risks, it is essential to ensure that insects are raised in a controlled environment to minimize contamination. And then the last uh, consideration here is cultural acceptability, the yuck factor, that psychological barrier can make it challenging to incorporate insects. That's the only one that was covered in the TED Talk, as far as I can tell. The people who promote bugs never, ever talk about the fact that humans can't digest most of them. There's potential for allergies and pathogens and parasites and heavy metals and pesticides. Nobody talks about this. It's a red flag. So if you hear somebody on stage, on TV, on the radio, whatever, promoting eating bugs, question their integrity. Why are you saying this? Are you funded? Who's funding you? What about the negatives? Why are you not mentioning the negatives? Okay, so we know that there's a push for eating bugs and, and those of us who are awake and, you know, see this, hopefully it's as easy as saying, okay, I'm not going to eat those bugs, right? I don't want to eat your cricket burgers. I'm going to look at the ingredients. But is that all? Are there other ways that we might be affected by bugs in our food? And if so, how do we protect ourselves? I'm glad you asked. So again, with Perplexity AI, uh, I have some research here and I will be putting sources in the show notes of where insects might be in the food that you're already eating. So this is a bullet, a very short bullet point list here with some common foods. The 16 ounce jar of peanut butter in your pantry can contain up to... <laughs> 136 insect parts before it is deemed contaminated. Granted, this is in the United States. Not too surprising. By the FDA standards, the, the average 4.4 ounce chocolate bar may have up to 74 insect fragments. Pasta can contain up to 225 insect fragments per 225 grams. Coffee beans can contain up to 10% of their weight in insect fragments. Raisins can contain up to 35 fruit fly eggs per 8 ounces, and I have two left. Mushrooms can contain maggots and mites. Frozen broccoli can contain aphids and thrips. Gross. Red 40, if you've ever seen that artificial color on candies and certain foods, Red 40 is a synthetic dye derived from either coal or petroleum products. According to Live Science, cochineal may be made from bugs, but other synthetic red dyes such as Red Number 2 and Red Number 40 are not. Okay, so... Cockneal may be made from bugs and is used in some of the artificial colorings. Another ingredient is E120, is a natural red color obtained from egg yolk and dried insects. And this is where that word uh, cockneal comes in. So this ingredient, carmine E120, which I just named, E120, is made from crushed up bugs called cockneal which are native to Latin America. So 
Apparently, it's important to check out the ingredients that are already in our foods, even if it's not listed as containing bugs, because they can allow, in some instances, bugs to be put in our food knowingly without telling us. Whether we're talking about some of the artificial ingredients or whether we're talking about, oh, whoops, sorry, bug fragments landed in there. So at this point, do you want to eat bugs? Are you hungry? Are you craving cricket burgers? Well, look how excited Nicole Kidman gets at the thought of eating bugs. I'm Nicole Kidman, and I am going to eat full-course meal of bugs. I am here to reveal my hidden talents, eating micro-livestock, cornworms. They're still alive. Mmm. Extraordinary. Mmm. Very moist, chewy. Can't quite describe the flavor, but need a little water. Yeah, that's exactly how I act when I'm eating a food that I love to eat. Uh, Yeah, I need water. And you can hear the bullshit. I'm eating micro-livestock. Not a plate full of alive bugs. I'm eating... Micro livestock. They're playing you. They're trying to manipulate you. And you know that there are some people that go, oh, micro livestock. I'm not eating worms. This is, this is something Greta Thunberg would approve of. So it's also kind of funny that they hire actors to do this, like Angelina Jolie, Nicole Kidman. They're, they're hiring people who can fake how they feel. Are you really going to trust people like this? Oh my God. Wow. I love eating micro livestock. Yes. Hey, give me my check, please. Give me at least half of it now. Yes. By the way, yes. Love bugs. Come on. Here we have. Oh, oh. crickets. Oh, nothing. Oh, Oh. awesome. Like nothing you've ever tasted. Like a hairy Nut. <laughs> yeah, hairy nuts. What a great way to describe. I, I mean, I'm getting hungry just watching this and listening to it. Oh, my God. And, and like, she's obviously not a very good actor because she opens up the dish. She sees the bug and, and she goes like, oh, 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 like, can you imagine being at a restaurant and they hand you your food, whatever you ordered? And you do this like fake disgusted laugh, like, oh, oh, God, oh, that's not the reaction of somebody who is excited to eat what's in front of them, especially with, oh, this is, this is nothing. Who says that about food that they're excited to eat? Like if somebody puts a steak in front of me, like, oh, 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 this, this is uh yeah, nothing. No, no normal person acts like that around their food. And, oh, you know, this texture is so good. Like a hairy nut. You should eat. You'll you'll love it. If you love. I'm not even going to say that. But. Okay. So. It seems apparent to me at least. That there's some manipulation going on here. Like why are they trying to market and advertise so poorly. The idea of eating food. Like why why do we need Angelina Jolie and Nicole Kidman. Trying to lie to us clearly about how delicious these hairy nut worms taste. Well, perhaps
perhaps it's because of financial interests. I don't know. Maybe. If you're not quite sold yet, maybe the money will talk to you. You see, in the year 2015, worldwide, the edible insect market was only about $33 million. That's tiny. Most big companies, that's yeah, partial part of their marketing budget. That was the whole industry. By the year 2024, that's going to be over $700 million. It's growing very quickly. But there's a lot more to grow. You see, the U.S. protein market alone is $23.4 billion. So if you don't think you're going to be eating bugs soon, you're going to want to rethink that. There is a lot of money riding on this industry. And there's a lot of good behind it as well. <laughs> I love how the good is brought up in passing. Like, if, if you think you're not going to be eating bugs, you might want to think again, because there's so much money riding on this that you're really not going to have a choice. Um, but, oh, yeah, there's, there's some good in there, too. Yeah. But what an asshole. So, I, I mean, to me, that's a slip. I mean, it's, that is a slip. Like, if you think you're not going to be eating bugs, look at how much money is in it. Like, that's terrifying. That should say to anybody, th like, this has nothing to do with what you want or what you need. This is a company who's invested, or not a company, but many companies who've invested a lot of time, effort, resources, and money into promoting eating bugs. And I don't know if this guy has any declared financial conflicts of interest, but I would guess that he's not doing this out of the goodness of his heart, that he has some kind of financial investment as well, especially since he seems so gleeful to tell you, hey, if you don't find this appealing, you're not going to have a choice, basically. Oh, and there's some good, by the way. So wh where is this coming from? Like, where is all this money coming from and why? So. We do know that Bill Gates is one figure funding facilities and companies to promote crickets for consumption. I mean, this is the same guy who does not want people eating meat. A lot of his money goes into fake meat products and apparently insect food products as well. And what's awfully suspicious is that when you Google this sort of information or when you look for the facts, there are a lot of in my eyes, propagandists who try to muddy the waters and convince you that you're crazy if you if you have, like, hey, is Bill Gates trying to push bugs on people? False. No. But if you actually look where his money is spent, you can see he's putting money into crickets for human consumption companies. And if you do dig, like you will see that this is true. And again, I'm going to be sharing information in the show notes. But is it just Bill Gates? Who else? Who, who's pushing this? So perhaps most prominently is the World Economic Forum. In its 2023 Global Risks Report, the World Economic Forum called for the transition to net zero, nature-positive food to fight food insecurity. In other, wor in other words, the World Economic Forum imagines a future with minimal meat and maximum zero emissions foods like bugs as consumers main source of protein and i mean they're pushing all kinds of horrible stuff as well but there's a big answer so there's a financial push to get us to eat bugs and yeah they they you hear a lot of this thing nowadays that anything is to 
stop climate change and zero emissions. They're trying to put us in 15-minute cities and get us to eat bugs and uh, get rid of our gas-powered stoves. So there's all kinds of pushes like this, which, hey, you might find great, but they're all coming from the World Economic Forum, which is suspicious. I don't care who you are. You can think they're great, but it's suspicious that this organization, which has said pretty reprehensible things about what they want for humanity and society, and many people are content allowing this organization influence our policy in a way that could possibly have us eating bugs. This is the same organization, mind you, that has said you will own nothing and be happy. So, I mean, if you own nothing and you're happy, maybe you're going to be eating bugs too. But the good news here is that people are waking up to this. This is something that should be talked about. I'm not here, this isn't an anti-bug tirade. I don't care what you eat. Eat crickets right off your floor. But what I don't like is this arrogance that comes from people like this guy in the TED Talk saying like, hey, if you think you're not going to be eating bugs, guess again, because we're forcing this whether you like it or not. We have money into it and you have nothing. So ha ha ha, you have no power here. We're putting it in your food. I hate that shit. So perhaps I'll move to Italy, where they are taking legislation against using insects as food ingredients. There's a new story. Uh, there, I mean, this is all over the news in the past few weeks. Italy bans insect flour in pasta, pizza, etc. They're standing up. They're saying, I don't care what you want. I don't care how much money you put into this. I don't care what your reasons are. We're fine without your bugs. Thank you. And that's how it should be, right? Uh, at least for a country with integrity. In America, you can sell anything, and, and that's fine. Uh, but that comes with a whole list of implications. You know, what foods are they going to be in? Are they going to be labeled? Are they going to be identified? I mean, what problems is it going to cause for a whole society if we know that people are eating, like, chitin, even though they can't digest it? So, as I start to wind down here, I'm almost at the propaganda campaign to market eating bugs, which I'm just queuing up now. And that's really what I think should be expected. This part ahead is just basically pure opinion. I've covered all the clips. I've covered all the, the facts for the most part. But I think knowing what we know about eating bugs and the push for it and who's pushing it and why they're pushing it, at least to some extent, what we should expect ahead is heavy bug marketing or propaganda. I think we'll see influencer marketing from more people like Angelina Jolie and Nicole Kidman. You'll see viral videos on TikTok of uh, celebrity or TikTok influencers eating bugs in all sorts of creative ways. I think you'll also see social pressure more. Uh, we're already seeing a lot of anti-meat sentiment in various locations and i think as that movement progresses i think it'll possibly coincide with a pro bug agenda to get it in our food and you know there are a lot of ways you can social pressure people to eat bugs you can like shame the meat eaters the same way that the quote-unquote anti-maskers and conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers have been so widely attacked in our culture, I think we'll see the same thing with people who eat meat or who, for people who are resistant to eating bugs. 
I think, uh, I'm not saying every person on the planet will be like that, but I do think that is a movement that will grow. I think we'll also see more marketing tricks like things that are plated nicely, packaging that looks very pretty, different ways, even like cartoons that like, cause you, you know, the Simpsons and South Park, those things shape the minds of the people. And I think the people who have enough money to fund episodes or, or uh, to influence narratives in certain episodes of cartoons and TV shows, we'll see marketing pushes for eating bugs that way. Normalization, right? Imagine in a TV show where people normally sit down and eat dinner and, and eat normal food at the table. You'd have episodes centered around eating bugs or even episodes that aren't centered around eating bugs, but they put it in there to normalize it very casually. They don't even focus on it. They don't even mention it. They do this with cigarettes and other things. You will definitely see this. You'll see TV shows on the Food Channel for eating bugs and, and even environmental changes like in your grocery store. You'll see possibly sections for food, uh, for bug products. All of that is just personally, this isn't ChatGPT or AI or nothing. This is exactly as somebody who thinks like a propagandist and a marketer, this is what I think we will see. So the last thing that I have here Actually, I should probably uh, promote my business. So many of you probably know I'm a board-certified health coach. I'm the founder of Red Pill Health and Wellness. If you do want to work on your health, consider one-on-one -on -one health coaching with me. I also have my Red Pill Your Health transformation program. Uh, either of those, one-on-one -on -one or the program, are basically people uh, for people who want to lose a little weight, get in shape, fix their diet, things of that sort. This is uh, for people who are stuck. They want a community. They want some answers. They want some guidance. They want to cut out all the bullshit, the misinformation, the propaganda, the guesswork, all of that. And they want to make it as easy as possible to get healthy and stay healthy. If that sounds like you, head over to MikeVira.com and check out my stuff. And at least please like this video, share it, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. But now the propaganda campaign. So using AI, like I mentioned, I had, uh, this is ChatGPT, construct a propaganda campaign. So here we go. This is the prompt. Imagine you are Edward Bernays, is like a famous propagandist. Imagine you are Edward Bernays alive today, and I want you to create the strongest propaganda campaign possible to promote eating bugs. First, Create the idea for an insect-based product that you believe will be successful, but also divergent from something that might exist already. Be original. Then, tell me your detailed propaganda plan so this product becomes a global phenomenon super quick. Be as expansive in your thinking as possible. You ready? The product idea is Insectifusion Protein Bars. Okay. Protein bars or insectifusion protein bars are a revolutionary, all natural, and nutrient packed snack made with a blend of sustainably farmed insect proteins from crickets, mealworms, and black soldier fly larvae and organic plant based ingredients. The bars come in a variety of mouth watering flavors that cater to every taste, like chocolate peanut butter crunch, berry blast, and cinnamon almond swirl. Each bar is designed to provide a perfect balance of protein, fiber, and healthy fats 
making them an ideal choice for people who want a convenient, eco-friendly, and delicious way to fuel their active lifestyles. Okay, so that's the pitch for the product. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. This is the propaganda plan. So the reason I made this is because, like I, I said just a moment ago, what are some of the things that we can expect moving forward as money is continually pumped into this gross industry of getting us to eat bugs? Well, we might see things like emotional appeals. Create a series of short, heart, oh, I lost it, short, heart-wrenching documentaries and advertisements that highlight the devastating environmental and humanitarian consequences of traditional livestock farming, such as deforestation, pollution, and the poor treatment of animals. Position insect diffusion as a compassionate and sustainable alternative that contributes to a healthier planet and a brighter future for all. Okay, so you're actually already seeing hints of this with the with addressing bugs as a micro livestock. Forget regular livestock, that shit's bad for the earth. We want to do micro livestock. So you're already seeing the emotional appeal. And I would actually challenge some of these assertions here about traditional livestock farming contributing to all these things. I would say that's modern, like from these evil corporations. And I think there are ways uh, to, to do traditional livestock farming without the evil, corrupt agendas of some of these companies. But I digress. That's not what this episode is about. What else can you see as part of this propaganda campaign? Celebrity endorsements. We already showed clips of that. So partner with influential celebrities, athletes, and public figures who embody a healthy, eco-friendly lifestyle. Encourage them to share their positive experiences with these protein bars through their social media channels, interviews, and public appearances. Uh, this will help break down cultural barriers and generate buzz around the product. Hey, buzz like bees. That's funny. Um, educational campaigns. Collaborate with nutritionists, environmentalists, and entom... Oh, man, I should have practiced this word before the episode. Uh, entomophagy experts to create a comprehensive educational campaign that promotes the health and environmental benefits of insect-based diets. So this is the appeal to authority, right? They're going to get people in white coats to feed you uh, talking points to get you to trust, like assuming you trust those authority figures, uh, to get you to think differently from an authoritative position. So they can do that by hosting webinars, pushing articles, uh, give presentation at conferences, schools, and at community events to inform the public and counter misconceptions about eating insects. Funny enough, when I lived in Philadelphia, uh, there's a place called the Insectisarium where they would take us and just show us like a, like a zoo for different bugs. And I remember as a little kid, uh, let's see, I must have been in the fourth grade holding a tarantula uh, at the time before there was ever a push, at least a, a noticeable push like it is today. They sold like chocolate covered crickets and stuff like that. I do remember that even as a fourth grader. So this is this isn't exactly new. Um, this has been around for a while. Okay, continuing on the propaganda campaign, strategic partnerships, form alliances with major fitness, health, and sustainably focused brands and organizations like CrossFit, Whole Food Market and the World Wildlife Fund to promote insect diffusion protein bars, establish a presence at popular sporting events, eco-friendly festivals, 
and health expos to further raise awareness and generate enthusiasm for the product, social media and influencer marketing. Uh, I'm going to, I don't want to go too on and bore you with the specifics of some of these. So let me just do bullet points. Social media and influencer marketing. We've touched on that one already. Limited edition collaborations uh, to help generate excitement and curiosity. What about grassroots initiatives? Mobilize a team of dedicated brand ambassadors. They did this with uh, Red Bull, actually, is how Red Bull became huge. They had college kids go on college campuses and hand them out for free at first just to generate a buzz. Next thing you know, they're being sold in the cafeterias and in the vending machines. And so I could definitely see that being done. I'm, I'm picturing Temple University's campus where I, I've seen multiple versions of this type of marketing. I could definitely see that working, especially there's a truck like Insomnia Cookie Truck that I would spend way too much time at when I was at Temple University. And if they're peddling things like cricket cookies, whether or not it was in the truck itself or some guy standing outside the truck, hey, don't buy those M&M cookies. Buy cricket cookies. It's half the price. Let's just get your foot in the door. I can definitely see that working. And the last point here on the approach for propaganda is philanthropy and social responsibility, which, I mean, if you know who to look at, you definitely see this. So establish a strong corporate social responsibility program by partnering with nonprofit organizations that address global hunger and environmental issues. Allocate a portion of Insectifusion's profits to fund these initiatives and promote the company's philanthropic efforts to further strengthen the brand's image as a compassionate and eco-friendly solution to the world's pressing problems. So nice. Here's the tagline. Fuel your future with Insectifusion. Hey, not bad. Key marketing phrases and words. Okay, so with this particular product, what are some of the key phrases and words that you will see to hook you? To get that, so we can instill that appeal and really get your attention to possibly buy some of these bug products. So on the packaging, in the ads, you might see things like sustainably sourced, nutritionally complete, or eco-friendly protein for a greener planet. Taste the change, embrace the future. Power up with insect protein. Innovative nutrition, uncompromised taste. So I, I do have more. I, I enjoy reading like the propaganda stuff, but I also want to be balanced. I don't want to bore you. I don't know how much you enjoy the propaganda stuff. So please let me know. Please comment. Let me know if you like this because uh, that'll help me for the future. Maybe every episode I can come up with a uh, propaganda campaign depending on the topic. But this is the conclusion. This is where I wrap up. We usually keep these at an hour. Here's what it comes down to. There is no good research that shows eating bugs are good for your health. Simple as that. There's not. There's research on bugs. There's research on eating bugs. There's research on the health effects of eating bugs, but there is no research on eating bugs in a long-term setting that can clearly say eating these bugs for this long promotes 
health in a specific way. That's very technical, right? Because you'll see in the news, you'll see in articles, you'll see in TED Talks, people try to make confusing arguments to manipulate the people and their thinking on this. They'll say things like, hey, the protein, the omega-3s, the omega-fats, it's good fiber and, and all these, it's sustainable and all these different things. But the truth is, there is no escaping this. There is zero research showing that eating bugs promotes your health. Zero. So no long-term trials, no peer-reviewed studies, nothing showing that a consistent diet of eating bugs over an extended period of time has uh, uh, promotes your health in some specific way. Because you, you have to define what that means. What does it mean to promote your health? Does that mean your certain blood markers are moving in a certain way? Does that mean you're losing weight? Does that mean you feel sharper? How do we determine if you feel sharper? It, this is a very complex thing. So for some asshole to go on stage and say like, yeah, bugs are, are good for you. You're not really going to have a say in this. There's too much money in it. Get ready because we're going to feed you bugs. I want to see the research. I want to see a stronger argument. I want to see more of a evidence-based justification for putting bugs in our food. Other than the fact that like when, th here's my opinion. This is what it really comes down to. I think there are food executives, people in the food industry who see an opportunity, who see a window of opportunity to go, look, food is more expensive. People are broke. In some areas, good food is getting harder to get. And we, as well-resourced companies, can very cheaply buy up a bunch of crickets and roaches and tarantulas compared to cows and, and making burgers. Are you kidding? This is going to be so much cheaper. And the only thing it's going to require from us is just a long-term, steady, consistent investment of our money, our time, our efforts, market it very carefully using propaganda campaigns like we just discussed. And over time, we will convince people that eating bugs is either something they should do or something they should just not think about at all. We're just going to put it in there. Don't even think about it. And we're going to make bank. We're going to make so much money because it's so much cheaper. I mean, the maintenance is cheaper. We just put a bunch of crickets in a room. We let them breed and grow and, and just put them in the food. And I, of course, I'm oversimplifying it. But to me, that's how it seems. It just seems like financially you have companies where it just really makes sense and they're going to do whatever it takes to get you to eat bugs because they can make a lot of money off of it. Especially if you can convince the people that, oh, wow, I'm saving the environment and I'm promoting my health at the same time. That's all marketing. Don't fall for it. There's no evidence for that. So uh, I should be, uh, I want to repeat this just to be clear. I am trying very hard not to offend anybody. I don't want to tell you what to do. If you eat bugs, that's fine. I really am working on my harshness. I know I can be a very opinionated and harshly spoken person. And um, that's not what I want to be. And, and I really value getting to do this podcast because it's been an excellent mirror and has showed me the different ways I would like to change my own communication style. So please bear with me over the rest of this podcast because I'm always going to continue to work on improving myself. So I appreciate you bearing with me and, and sticking around. Um, but forget my opinion. What's yours? Tell me what you think about eating bugs. Are you Have you tried eating bugs before? Will you try eating bugs? Am I just being crazy here? Um, is this totally a normal push not worthy of skepticism? Am I just 
you know, being a crazy conspiracy theorist here, please let me know. Um, make sure to stay informed, question mainstream narratives, but most importantly, stay healthy and stay awake.